Welcome to Her Fantasy Football. I'm your host, Courtney Kirby. And I'm Ashley Williams. And I'm Brandon Lee. And we have here, from ESPN, the injury report goddess, Stefania Bell. So I have to ask, I'm going to start you off with, so right now she's on a crutch, one crutch. I love that. Don't bother with the second. (laughs) But, so if you were a football player, how long would you be out for? Uh, it depends on my position, right? So uh, if I needed to scramble and move fast, we're talking a couple months. If I just had to be, you know, considering I've gained a few pounds in surgery and I just had to stand my ground, I could probably play in a couple weeks. <laughs> you got an offensive lineman here, folks. <laughs> I like it. It's like I'm, I'm the punter who really doesn't have to worry about anything. So l- let's talk about concussion. So Wes Welker and Jordan Reed had long-term issues all last season should that be a concern for this season and when it's over is it actually over or is that something we need to be worried about and how does the protocols kind of play into our decisions with drafting him for this year uh it's a good question it's a huge wide open answer it really depends on whether there was resolution before the season ended and with west welker we know that there was so we can feel pretty good about that going into next year um but with everybody there's there's a cumulative effect we know that but we don't know exactly what it is it's not linear some guys if you look at troy palmalo he's had multiple concussions and he's done really well, you know, and still comes back and is really, uh, you know, so far been um, essentially the same guy. Some guys can have one concussion, it can be career ending. So it, it depends on the severity of the injury, um, sort of their sensitivity to that type of injury, and that's something we still don't really understand very well. But certainly, the more injuries a guy has, the longer each one takes to resolve, the more you can start looking in the direction of this probably isn't a great idea. I mean, you've seen guys retire from the NFL for that reason, when they've had multiple head injuries, and eventually they're, if they start picking up head injuries with very little impact, for example, they just get bumped, and then they have a concussion, and then you're going, well, you know, that's telling you that the brain's becoming more sensitized to it and probably, uh, you know, retirement's around the corner. So uh, I probably wouldn't, um, you know, I would wait till it gets a little closer to the season before I would throw up any big red flags on anyone because we're not really going to know until we even see what their activity is like in camp. Well, we are at the NFL draft, which is great. I don't know when this will be posted, but this is the NFL draft, people. Uh, and so I have a question for you about drafting. So I was looking at the different prospects, and I was specifically looking at, at injuries, which, I, I, you know, when you play fantasy, injuries now become the thing. You're not just looking at the stats. You're like, you dislocated your elbow, then you had shoulder surgery, and then you couldn't do the 40-yard dash or the bench press at the combine due to another shoulder injury. What are the injuries that are the most red flag for these college guys? Would you feel like they're young, they can repair, maybe it's not a big deal? Like, it sounds like a big deal to me. Is it a big deal to you? And if you were a team, like, which injuries do you say, oh, oh no, we, we really need to watch out for that? And probably based on positions, right? It's, 
it's uh, it's position dependent. It's also very individual to the athlete and to the team. So it, it's more complicated than it's often made out to be when you watch broadcasts and it's like, oh, this guy has these injuries, nobody will take him. It doesn't work like that. Every injured player, it's essentially a value proposition. And the team has to weigh the medical risk or their, what they perceive to be the medical risk against the talent and then factor that into what their needs are. And then you've got sort of the unspoken variables, like are you a team that needs to win quickly? If you're a team that wants to win quickly, you want to impact player, you don't care if he plays past his rookie contract, then maybe something where you think they're going to break down after a few years doesn't concern you as much. If you're a team that's looking to build and develop and you really want players for the long haul, then you care about the things that you think might flag someone for early problems. So that's why it's really hard to label any one player because it's all relative to that situation. That being said, the, the things that teams kind of look for, I mean, certainly concussions now have become a much uh, bigger flag and they have a better system of screening and rating a player's health concussion health, if you will. Um, they see a lot of degenerative changes, meaning arthritic changes, uh, knees with arthritic changes or cartilage defects, where they think, okay, this is going to be a problem. Some teams, that's a huge flag, and they don't want to deal with that. Um, and then it's a, a total missed time thing. They're looking at how much time did they miss in college? Were they missing a bunch of games, you know. If, if a guy misses a lot of time because of one big injury but comes back and plays and plays well, then that really isn't as big of a flag maybe as a guy who's got this and he's out for a game or two. And then he's got this and he's out for another couple and it's sort of dotted all over and not really on the field consistently. That's probably a bigger issue for an NFL team who's going, can we count on this guy? How do we know? Because we've never seen him play an entire season. I love it. It sounds like teams also have fantasy one-night stands, then, that they're like, hey, I just want this guy for a couple nights, a couple games. Can he be my special teams guy for this one game? Awesome. We'll sign him. <laughs> so kind of along that, are there any players that you personally won't draft on your team? Like for me, Ryan Matthews and I don't get along in any way, shape, or form. And I always laugh when I see people draft like Darren McFadden, like have fun with him for five games. Are there any players for you that you wouldn't draft or that are worth drafting maybe like a Gronkowski that you know isn't going to play every single game but they still have enough upside that they're worth drafting yeah I'm um I I do have my do not draft list and uh I I sort of reserve the right to change a couple things depending like they might not be draftable one year and then uh if I like what they do over the next year then maybe a couple years later I'll I'll they'll come off that list yeah but uh, Darren McFadden is, is one of them. I, I look at consecutive injury history and that same, like we're talking about draft prospects, total games played. And when you look at a guy like Darren McFadden, who I'm sure is a really nice kid and who has a lot of talent, but if you look at how many times he's out and the extent of time that he's out, and then it's the soft tissue injuries one after the other. So it's kind of the you know perfect storm of all the things that I don't like. And to me, you just he's always going to be valued higher than what I would want to take. You know, if I can't pick him up as a free agent, it's not valuable to me. I don't want to pay for that. 
Um, so they're, they're, he, he's like at the top of my list, really. I actually like Ryan Matthews better. Um, I feel like he, I don't love Ryan. <laughs> I don't. I love Jimmy Graham, even though. Yeah, because he's got. Um, he, he's not only tough and strong, he has an example of playing through something like plantar fasciitis, which is very, very difficult, and still managed to be out there most of the time, even when it was bothering him. And was still productive, although not as much, uh, you know, last year as he had been in the past. But I do really, I, I like that. Now, I thought Michael Vick was a reasonable risk uh, early on. And part of the issue for him was that when he came back, like, he just wasn't going to get the job back. So we never really saw that tested. But now, another year later, I was willing to take that gamble last year. And it paid off because early on in the season, he got me a lot of points. But, like, another year removed, another... You know, obviously he's not going to be the starter anyway, but I, he's a guy I, pro I probably would not draft now. So more and more women are watching football and participating in fantasy football. How do you see that affecting the way that ESPN covers fantasy and your role on Fantasy Now and Fantasy Focus, your podcast? Uh, I just love that more women are playing fantasy football. That that makes me happy. I mean, this is a, a number that's it's probably the fastest growing demographic uh, within the fantasy football group, and I just like it because it's more fun. It's more. I feel like this camaraderie with other women who are out there who play and who play. Whether you play in a league that's all women, which is less common, I have found a few of those leagues, uh, or where it's co-ed, which I think those are really a lot of fun and I, I played in a co-ed league for a long time that's kind of how I got into this uh, it just there is this joy in beating the men <laughs> you know so and I and I think part I think part of it is because there are still some who would presume that you can't do it uh, be, and I don't know if they would articulate it that it's because you've never played the sport because quite frankly most of them in your league probably haven't played football either. Uh, but that, I think that's the perception. Or you couldn't possibly know about football. And I, I've talked to a lot of women who play, and they may not, when they get introduced to it, they may not be as familiar with the rules. They may not know as much about it. But once they commit to being in a league, they're the ones who really study it. They're the ones who stick with it. They're the ones who are actually out there, like, making trades during the season, using the waiver wire. Like, they get way into it and then they're the ones I think that's why they win why they have so much success when they join a league because if they take it on they're actually by and large more committed to it so uh, I, as far as coverage from television standpoint or, or otherwise I don't know I mean I think just in general you see more female anchors on our air and certainly in the time that I've been there and I this is my seventh year I've seen the number of women in the building grow phenomenally. I can just tell by the size of the makeup department, you know, and it's like we have more women uh, and there, there's such a female presence of anchors on different shows. So not just for fantasy, but for sports all around. And I think it's great. Well, and our goal is to have a makeup department. So actually, now that you bring that up, uh, speaking of, so um, what do you use to decide who to sit or start? Like when you sit down, like do you sit down on Sunday, Sunday mornings? You are so busy. I don't even know 
how you play fantasy, but I'm, I respect it. And uh, how do you decide, like, how do you research and what are the numbers that you care about or the news that you care about? Because we kind of have this philosophy that, like, fantasy is all about numbers and news and then it's a guessing game. But you got to look at the numbers and the news. And so what, what do you look at and how do you, I mean, you guys have great information. <laughs> um, well, thank you. Uh, I look at injuries. <laughs> that, <laughs> That's probably, that to me is the single most important factor, usually because when you get a couple weeks into the season, everybody's got something. They're all hurt. They're all dinged up to some degree. And so you're trying to decide, well, do I want to play this guy or do I think it's going to be a gamble because of the injury? Uh, so honestly, and it, it, that actually benefits me in terms of that's my job. So I get a jump start on things. And I'm working on Saturday all day because I write my big blog on Saturday. And so I'm, make, I'm getting an idea of like, oh, I should probably go pick this guy up or I should do this or that because of the injuries. Um, other After that, after just straight across injuries, the, the biggest, I, I look at um, past successes against certain teams. If a guy has had a lot of success, you know, there are some players who have teams they play really well against, and not just one time, but consistently. Or if there's been a personnel change in that team that I think will affect how that player performs, uh, that matters to me. It's funny because I did a, a panel at South by Southwest this year, with, and Marquise Goodwin was on my panel. And so we had this whole conversation in the green room about fantasy football, and we were talking about how he had this little stretch where he was uh, amazing and all these catches, but it was a function of the personnel on the field at that time. And he knew when Stevie Johnson was back that it was probably going to change. And so there were people he knew he was telling me about the reaction from fantasy owners who were like, dude, are you going to go out and do that again? And, do and he said, you know, I want to. I want to. Who doesn't love having, you know, multiple touchdowns in a game and all those yards? But he knew it was probably going to change when Stevie Johnson came back. So if you went out and you thought, oh, that's it, that's now he's the guy, you weren't paying attention to the entire personnel situation of the team. So that's the other thing. So we know you're a big 49ers fan. That is your team. So a couple questions. Is this the year they start phasing Frank Gore out? Because every year we're thinking, oh, he's getting older, he's getting older, and then he just is still like a top 10 back. And second question, do you agree with Harbaugh's wife that the Walmart pleated pants have got to go? Um, I, not being married to him, I don't really care how he dresses, and that uniform seems to work for us, so I'm all good with that. Uh, sorry. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's, it's predictable. You can order, like, a Harbaugh shirt and outfit, too. Like, yeah. My... My good friend uh, Melissa Jacobs is the football girl, is also a devout 49er fan. So we have discovered some of these items that you can order, like the Jim Harbaugh uniform. Um, so I answered the really important question first. But as far as Frank Gore, like I, I went to University of Miami for grad school, so I'm a big, you know, Frank Gore fan, and he really to me is one of my favorites because the way he plays. Is, Hard runner, quiet, does you know? Does his job? I mean, what's not to love? And, and and every year, everybody doubts him. And every year, my colleagues downgrade him. And every year on Sunday, I'm like, you know, I'm so happy that he's just proving everybody wrong. And I did draft him on my team last year, I believe, and he was doing very well. 
Um, but it's no secret that he's getting older. I don't know that there's a deliberate phase out, but I think you start to see a buildup of carries from somebody else. And now who that's going to be will be interesting because Marcus Lattimore, who I have a special relationship with after filming him in his rehab last year and then I don't know if you guys saw this but he got drafted by the 49ers in the fourth round last year and then uh, Susie Colbert and I talked to him live on the air after he got drafted and it was so great because my friends at home including my brother they were like it, they thought that I was going to say go Niners which would have been completely inappropriate on the draft but I was so happy they took him because I knew Frank Gore had been through a massive uh, knee injury, a couple of knee injuries and recovery. It would be a good place that they wouldn't push Lattimore too quickly. So from the PT in me was happy about it. Like everything really played out well. Well, now he's ready to play and he wants to have a shot. And I think he's got a shot to have a role. I don't know that he'll be a feature back, but he's got a shot to have a role. And I think if, if he steps up, then I think they will start offloading Gormore because you can't be carrying the ball that many times during the game. And I just don't know he has that much left in him. Yeah. Fabulous. I want to say, first of all, you are even more beautiful in person. You look fabulous. And we want to know all of your beauty tricks, other than the makeup department. Freak of nature, super freak. On that note, natural remedies. So we hear that some players like take like a spoonful of mustard or something to like help their. Is there anything that actually is medically relevant that maybe even someone at home can do or what have you? But is there something that you're like, yeah, actually, that kind of works? No, I'm not extremely well versed in all of that, but I, I, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of things that work. And there's also the, the thought that if you really believe in something, sometimes that's enough to believe to have it work. You know, placebo effect. But there are certainly natural things like ginger is a natural anti-inflammatory. So, you know, it, 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 if I were an athlete that was competing and had my competitive season, I would make sure that ginger was a part of my diet because it's a natural anti-inflammatory. And But, you know, too much of anything can be bad. And, and obviously, every, we're learning more and more about how sensitive people's bodies are to certain dietary elements and, uh, you know, some people are deficient in certain proteins and what have you. So... The role of nutritionists has really elevated in terms of the sports sports world because people are getting diets that are custom made, that are, are tailored to them. Uh, you're seeing more and more athletes have private chefs, which I think I should have. <laughs> I'm like, if I would, if I had a private chef, I would just be naturally so much healthier because part of the problem with all this healthy raw food is like taking the time to make it you know so um that's in my next contract request <laughs> until then no I, I i don't know that there's any one thing other than you know a couple little things here and there there's not any one thing i swear by a lot of it's just common sense don't eat fast food and, you know eat healthy you heard it here first drink soda as i'm sipping on my diet coke 
You're welcome, that. <laughs> All right, Stefania. So I have this nagging pain in my left knee. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> but see, I, no, that, that's my question. What is the craziest thing people ask you? Now, now that you ask me, I can't think of anything crazy off the top of my head. Uh, I, I, I really can't. Um, but people usually, it's the old cocktail party, you know. Oh, I've got this pain in my back. What do you take? Or people think you can just look at it and tell them, okay, we'll do this. And it, it's like we actually, if uh, you know, in the clinic, you would take a history, you would evaluate it, you would actually put some thought into it. So the notion that people come up and say, well, can you look at this? Or I'm getting this pain when I do this, and you want to say like the old cartoon, then stop doing that, you know. <laughs> Um, but uh, I, I don't know that I've had, I, I will tell you it was funny, Matthew Barry was at some book signing of his, you know, he had about a million when he had his book last year, and he was, he was at some book signing, and some, he texts me and he goes, no lie, this just happened, and he sent me some picture of some guy who came to his book signing and said, will you please send, Stef I want, send Stefania a picture and I want to see if she'll go out with me. And uh, I was like, that, that, might, that might not be the best way. <laughs> not the best approach. It's not, not, not the usual. Oh, yeah, that selfie looks awesome. Let me go out with you. <laughs> now, if you would have given the picture to Hasselback, maybe. 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 I see. Story. I see. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. We love you. You're the best. And you're one of the reasons why we do this, Stefania Bell. So, Thank you, thank you, thank you. And you guys, make sure to hop over to HerFantasyFootball.com and check us out on Twitter at HerFantasyFB. Till later, no more faking it.